Hello, and welcome to the Sapona Road Church Podcast. Today is a great day. It's the day that the Lord has made, and we are excited that you've taken time to join with us as we hear from God's Word. We exist as a church to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hope that today's message encourages and blesses you and helps you to grow and mature in your walk and relationship with Him. The Word of the Lord is powerful and life-changing, so let's see our lives transformed as we listen to today's message. So I'm going to talk to you today on the thought of out of order. And uh, I actually, I was going to uh, speak on this last week, and then Heather and I decided to switch it on Tommy at the last minute. Uh, um, And uh, so I already had this plan, and then I would go to this conference, and it just seems like it just kept reinforcing some things that I had out of order in my own life, in my own uh, where I was at thinking and what what, what I was going after when it comes to... uh, to things of God. And so I'm going to read from uh, three different scriptures here, or three different areas here, in Proverbs 3, in Romans 8, and 1 Corinthians 14. So Proverbs uh, 3, verses 5 through 8, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes, Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Romans 8, verses 6 through 8. It says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Has anybody ever been in the flesh? (laughs) And 1 Corinthians 14, I'm just going to read verse 40. Let all things be done decently and in order. So Father, we just thank you for your word, God. And I just ask your blessing uh, upon this message today and upon all of us, all of us to receive it, God. In Jesus' name. And so I want to talk on the thought of out of order. And uh, already I, I do a lot of messages about thinking about things from different perspectives. I, um, you know, all of us can get stuck in uh, the habit of always seeing the same thing. You can, you can, someone can show you or tell you about something completely different, but you just see the same thing. Because... You're seeing what you've always been taught or what you've always heard or what you've always experienced instead of being open to what the Lord wants to show you. And see, out of order doesn't always mean bad. I said I just saw just, just in the past few days a lot of things that I had out of order in my, uh, in my own life. See, sometimes even good things and good intentions, when they're, when they're out of order, though, they can be wrong. And... Or at least they can create wrong results. You're not going to get what you're after. Uh, just imagine that you, uh, somebody blesses you with a blank check. And all you can do with that check, though, is buy furniture. So relax, Heather. And you can go buy all the furniture. You're going to redo your whole house with furniture. 
And you can spend whatever amount you want, whatever kind of furniture you like. You can buy the best bedroom suit, living room suit, the biggest television, the nicest chairs, uh, office furniture, whatever. You can put it all in your house. That's a good thing. Nice furniture is, is good. Everybody likes nice, nice furniture. But what, what good would it do you, or what good would that furniture be if you put the bed in the dining room? It wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. What if you put the office furniture in the living room and now that big old giant TV's on the wall and you're laying on top of a desk trying to watch it? It's not going to be very comfortable. No matter how nice the furniture is, no matter how much money you spent on it, it would be crazy. It would make no sense at all and it would never serve its purpose because it wouldn't be bad. It would just be wrong because it was out of order. And so the point is none of us get things right every time. All of us get out of order in our lives from time to time with what we're thinking and what we're doing. And, 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 and basically, sometimes you're out of order just by going through the motions uh, in life and in the church with your walk with, with God. And see, the, the problem is, though, if you try to tell someone that things are out of order these days, they rarely receive it. People have changed a lot. They rarely will say, man, I never thought of that, and start working on getting things in order. They usually just get offended and get upset with you. Now, it wasn't always that way, but people today, you have to have different tactics, it, it seems like. Um, now, my grandfather, he didn't have those kind of tactics. He just told you straight and to the point, and he would tell me funny stories of uh, when he was pastoring, and you could get away with that. And uh, he told me one time about him going to uh, witness the people knocking on doors. And uh, they, didn't like, they didn't like a Pentecostal preacher knocking on their door. So when, he, when they opened the door, he said, hey, I'm James Wilson. And as soon as they heard the church, they went to slam the door. And they yelled out, I'm, and they said their denomination. You know what Grandpa did? He stuck his foot in the door and wouldn't let it shut. And he said, I was too till I got saved. And they... <laughs> They didn't open the door back up. He did not get to witness to them. I don't know. He just, you could just be a little more blunt with people in the day, back in the day, than you can now. He, he told me of one lady, and, and see, sometimes people get excited in church, especially when you're somewhere and you're welcoming the presence of God and you're inviting people to express themselves and, and, and to worship God in whatever way. And, and, and very rarely does the Lord really give you something to add to a service. Let's put that out there. Almost every time, and there's other preachers in the room, if I hear somebody preaching a sermon, I almost always think of something I could have said. If they would have added this. Man, if they would have said that, that would have fit perfect right there. Well, never has the Lord told me, hey, stand up and start helping that guy preach that, that sermon. Or, uh, yeah, or somebody's singing and they're doing a good job and maybe they're struggling with a note and you think you can hit it. No, he's not, that, it doesn't work. But some people, they get carried away with things. And so this lady does this. And uh, same thing, my grandpa was not the type of person to do this with. But she stands up and starts trying to tell the church something while he's up to preach. And I don't know what she was telling them, but, you know, uh, in the way it was, I guess this would have been the 60s or 70s, you could politely say he told her to sit down and shut up. She was out of order. And called her by name. And the funniest part of the story is 
she sat down and got quiet and didn't say nothing else. Now, if you did that to somebody today, they wouldn't sit down. They would probably start cussing at you as they went out the door and uh, acting crazy. But that's just the way times were different. You could tell people something and they would receive uh, correction. People now think they should be able to say anything they want. They don't, they don't believe in following order. I'm not saying they're bad, but we need to make sure we keep things in order. Uh, usually when I have people come and speak, and uh, Brother Danny can attest for this, they, if they ask me something about the service, I tell them, this is the time we usually finish between these times, but you do whatever the Lord lays on your heart to do. You follow the Lord. If you go longer, you go longer, whatever it is. Well, I had this one preacher one time that they had no uh, respect for people's time. None. Uh, Heather and I, they wanted us to go eat with them. And uh, I told them, I said, well, uh, they want me to come over to their house and eat. They want to talk to me about something. I said, well, we've got somewhere we got to be uh, by like 4 o'clock. When is it? 4, 4.30? And uh, we'll just come over at 12. It, will, it won't take long at all. We were late. We were late to our 4 o'clock because they wouldn't let us leave. They just kept talking and talking and talking with me saying, hey, I got to go, I got to go, and they wouldn't let us leave. And so they were, they were scheduled to preach. And so for the first time ever when somebody was going to speak for me, I told them, I said, you got 35 minutes, that's it. I didn't, I didn't give them, I always at least give a little room for somebody. And, but usually I don't even give people a time. If, they, if the Lord lays on the heart and they, they preach an hour, they preach an hour. But this person, I told them, you got 35 minutes. Because we were renting a building, we set up, tear down, and we have to be out of that building. Everything torn down and gone by 1 o'clock. We, we didn't have all day. And I think Holy Spirit understood that. I think He knew we needed to be out there by, by 1 o'clock. Well, they get up, and they did one of those messages where they start in Genesis, and they're going to conclude in Revelation. And it was all good. I mean, it was actually interesting stuff. It was great points, but they wouldn't stop. We're an hour and 15 minutes into this thing, and it doesn't look like there's an ending coming up anywhere soon. And I'm just sitting here thinking and praying, God, what, what, what am I going to do? I don't, I don't want to you know, dishonor or embarrass this person. I don't know. Well, all of a sudden, music starts playing. And uh, Dylan, he came and played the drums for us a few times, and Chima... They're up there playing music. And so the speaker starts kind of looking startled, looking behind them, and they said, well, I, I guess I'm going to end. And they ended the service. So I, I go up to Dylan afterwards, and I said, hey, because he was the first one on the stage, I said, hey, I never saw the, the preacher give the sign. How did you know to go up there? And he said, there won't no sign, but if somebody didn't do something, we won't never get out of this place. <laughs> I said, well... Good job. I'm sure glad you did that because I was, I was wondering if it was ever going to end, end myself. But it was like the, everything that the preacher was saying was good. There was nothing they said that I didn't agree with. But they were out of order when they went beyond what they were supposed to do. And so that's what happens a lot of times with us as Christians when people do get hurt in the church and people do get offended in the church. It's not that someone's trying to hurt people. You just have to be careful that you have things in order. You're doing things out of love. You're following the leading of the, of the Holy Spirit. Um, I'll tell you another grandpa story. 
He had another lady. And I'm not trying to pick on women today, but it just happened to be two ladies with him. And she comes up to him and she says, uh, Brother Wilson, I just want to let you know I'm going to be leaving the church. And he says, well, I hate to hear that. Why are you going to leave the church? Did I, did I do something? He said, oh, no, you're, she said, no, you're great. You're, you're fine. What did, you know, is there a problem? Well, there, there kind of is. I'm happy with the church. You know, everything's been going good. She said, but you know, I was, I was sick a few weeks ago. And I know you checked on me and you called me and, and all, but she said, uh, nobody from this church came to visit me. And so I'm leaving. I'm just going to go to another church. This church doesn't look after the sick, so I'm going to go somewhere else. And I hate I got to leave, but I have to. And he said, well, I understand. I just want to ask you a question before you leave. He said, uh, when's the last time you went to visit somebody who was sick in this church? She said, I've never thought of it that way. I won't be leaving. And that was it. That was it. Can you imagine if you did that now? Well, I don't have to take this. <laughs> I'm not going to be talked to this way. <laughs> That's all he said. And that, that was it. And so I don't understand it, but his method worked back then. And see, many times in the past when a person was out of order, all it took was a little bit of truth. All it took was a little bit of direction or even a little bit of correction. But it doesn't seem to be that way now. Now they don't receive it. Someone can be obviously out of order, doing something that they know better than, and instead of realizing it, instead of making it adjustments and trying to make it right, they stay offended, and most of the time they try to get other people to be offended with them and cause you all kinds of problems. But that's just, that's just how it is. But we all have to deal with it. And some things can be extreme and some things can be small, like the lady worried about somebody coming to see her. I had one call me one time. This lady had come to church a few times. Um, she actually, one time she came early to church and she said, I don't know what's going on, but when I'm in the services, I'm getting this weird feeling and I don't, uh, and it was a conviction of the Lord on her. And she said, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And so uh, myself and someone else, we went, we, uh, the praise team was warming up, so we took her to another room and we prayed with her and uh, led her to the Lord. And, uh, well, you, you hope you did. You can't tell what you know, somebody decision somebody really makes because she calls me a few weeks later and she says, uh, hey, Pastor, I need your help with something. I said, yeah. She said, you remember the other week when you saved me? I said, hold on a second. We, gotta, we need to clear some up. I said, I didn't save you. Only Jesus saves people. I just told you about Jesus, led you through. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I've been telling my boyfriend about it. Now, I've never met her boyfriend. He's never come to church. I didn't know anything about him. She said, I was telling my boyfriend about it, and, and uh, I'm trying to get him to come to church and all. But we were wondering if you would talk to his family. I said, what would I talk to his family about? Well, they don't think we should be dating. They don't think we should be together. I said, okay, but I've never met your boyfriend. She said, I know, but... They're just really giving us a hard time because of his wife. I said, your, boy, your boyfriend's... She didn't say he was separated. She didn't say he's waiting on papers to be processed. Nothing. She said, she said well, uh, they keep saying we shouldn't be dating. And I, I've been trying to tell them that it's okay. And I was wondering if you could talk to them for me. And you could tell them that everything's all right. And then they would leave us alone. And so I had to tell her, I said, look, I don't know your boyfriend. He's never been to church. I don't know the situation. I don't know his parents. I'm not talking to anybody. 
I'm staying at, I, I said, I'm not giving an opinion on something I don't know anything about. I said, that, that, that doesn't make, you know, that's not wisdom. I can't do that. And she said, okay. And she never came back to church again. And the, the other people that came to church with her, they didn't come back either. But I, what was I supposed to do? And so people get this mindset and they get, they get things out of order. And when you get things out of order, you'd be surprised what you'll believe. You'd be surprised what you'll justify or what you think is okay or, what, or how far out of order you can wind up if you don't get back following God and following His path for you. And so all this is a little more extreme, though, than what I actually want to talk to you about. So I just want to get you to think about some things that may be out of order in your life. Or maybe you've gotten order, out of order from time, time to time and, and, and think about this. And... I've said this a couple times in the past few weeks talking about, about this one thought here, but while uh, we're in, you're in church and you're talking to the Lord about someone, and, we, and I've been talking about the question we always ask is, are you saved? And we ask them, do, they, you, know, do you know the Lord? Well, it's kind of like asking somebody if they're married. And if you're seeing someone in church all the time, it's kind of like seeing someone wearing a wedding ring a lot of times we just assume that they're that they're saved that they're living for the lord that they're pursuing god with all their all their all their heart and so i want to kind of pull these two things together because maybe today with the way people are we have so many people that attend church that don't realize that there's something missing in their lives or that there there's more out there when it comes to the things of god or don't realize that something shouldn't be in their life is because our question is kind of out of order of are you saved and so here's what I mean. I think asking a person, just asking them if they're saved, and yes, I've done it, I'll do it again, I'm sure, is like asking a person if they're married, and the real question needs to be, like I've been saying, is are you in love with Jesus? But see, when it comes to marriage, I don't know if you know this or not, but a person can be married and hate their spouse. It's possible. There's a lot of people out there like that. The person can be married and they can just be roommates. They can just tolerate each other. Uh, they can be abusive to one another. People can be married and they could just be together because of money, because of their kids, because they have mutual friends, and really not love one another and not be working on loving one another anymore. They don't, they don't really care. Uh, and so it's the same way. Someone can be wearing a wedding ring and be a widow or a widower. And there are a lot of people that go to church, but their relationship is dead. And we all, we all know it. It's just, a, it's just a fact. And so to me, when, you, when, we, when we ask someone if they're saved but don't dig any deeper, it's kind of it, it's out of order, I believe, because it seems like all we're concerned with is are they going to heaven instead of being concerned or do they have a relationship with Jesus. That's what it's all about. We're actually not inviting people to just not go to hell and get to go to heaven. We're inviting people to relationship with Jesus Christ that restores them in the right standing with the Father. And ultimately that relationship uh, with Him. That's what it's supposed to be all about. It's not just about checking boxes for people. You, there's a, if that's all that there is to it, there's going to be a lot of miserable people on their way to heaven. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be full of joy and peace and all the fruit of the Spirit. And that comes through relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay, so it's more to it than that. 
And so when you think about it, instead of asking someone, are, are they saved? You should be asking them, Do, are they in love with Jesus? It's the same way when you ask someone, are, are you married? When you ask someone, are, there, are you married? Most of the time I'm saying, you know, that response is just yes. Yes, I'm married. But actually the best response is yes, I'm married and I'm more in love with my wife today than I was the day that we met. I fall in love, more in love every single day. All the ladies say, yeah, that's a great answer. That's what we should, everybody should, our, our whole husband should be saying. That's the way it should be. And it should be the exact same way when it comes to our response about our relationship with Jesus. Not just, yeah, I'm saved. I checked that box off. Yeah, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I checked that box off. It should be a desire for more and more. I want to know Heather more every day. I want to fall in love with her more every day. I want to know everything that's going on in her life. And sometimes I aggravate her when I'm asking her questions about stuff she knows I don't know anything about, but I still want her to talk to me like I do. Because I want to know everything that's going on. And sometimes she just wants her space, and I don't believe in personal space. But that's how we should be with the Lord. We should be desiring to, to have an even greater relationship with Him over and over and over every day of our lives. And I'm just using this as an example to get us to, to think. You see, many times when we hear something about being out of order, we automatically think of the stuff I mentioned earlier. People doing crazy stuff. People uh, trying to get away with sin in their life or trying to uh, take advantage of somebody. And unfortunately, yes, those things happen all the time. They do. They happen in the church every day. But I want us to just look at ourselves and look at those things that are out of order in our lives. Because sometimes it seems like uh, many people in the church suffer from spiritual dyslexia. I preached a sermon on that one time. And we, we mean well, we're trying hard, but we get some things backwards. We, we get, and as a result, everything's out of order. We get the simplest things backwards, and that can cause a lot of problems. In 1 John chapter 2, uh, verse 3 through 5, it says this. It says, Now by this we know that we know Him, if we keep His commandments. He who says, I know Him, and does not keep His commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in Him. But whoever keeps His word, truly the love of God is perfected in Him. By this we know that we are in Him. Man, what a powerful scripture. Some of you maybe, maybe could, have, could have quoted it. I'm not, I'm not sure. But someone with spiritual dyslexia, what they'll do is they'll read this scripture and they'll say, Oh, I want to know God. I want to know God. And I don't want to be a liar. And I, I, I want the love of God perfected in me. So... I know what I need to do. I need to keep His commandments. That's what I need to do. The problem is, is that this thought and this belief system is nowhere in these scriptures. That's nowhere in what I just read. And we do this stuff with different scriptures all the time. And, and people even build denominations on things that they've gotten backwards uh, on these, these, these types of thoughts. So these scriptures do not say that if you do these commandments and get everything right that you're going to know God. That's not what it says. They say if you know God, then the result of that will be you'll keep those commandments. That's two totally different things. It's two different approaches to life. Keeping commandments does not cause you to know God. Doing everything perfect will not cause you to know God. God causes you, knowing God causes you to keep His commandments. 
And see, when we get this out of order, instead of a relationship with God, which is what we should all be after, we end up with the religion of works. And anytime you have a religion of works, I don't care how good you are, you're never going to be good enough. There's always going to be more that you should have done, something different you should have done. And so what we have now is we have churches full of people spending all of their time trying to do better and none of their time trying to get to know Him. And they don't understand why they're miserable. Because, man, I'm reading so much more than I did five years ago. I'm praying so much longer than I did two years ago. I'm, 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 I'm more faithful in my attendance. and I'm more faithful in all these different things. They, they're trying to do better, but they're not spending the time trying to know Him. It's backwards. The more you get to know Him, the more those other things will take care of themselves. And so that's what dyslexia is. It's when you get letters or numbers and you switch them up and you see it differently than what it actually is trying to tell you when you look at it. And so instead of seeing God, G-O-D, people look at it and they see dog, D-O-G. They get it backwards. And what's really bad is that in the church today, if most of us talked about God to people the same way that we talked about our dogs, we'd be better witnesses. It's, it's just true. Because this is what we tell people about God. You have people saying, uh, God doesn't like it when you do that. God's not happy with the things that are going on around here. God's not going to take much more of this world's junk, this world's mess. And, and uh, uh, God's going to get you if you keep doing that. That's what we tell people about God. But then if we show them a picture of our dog, everything changes. We're like... Oh, man, this dog loves me so much. He loves me when nobody else loves me. Even if nobody loves me, I know this dog does. No matter how hard of a day I've had, he just always cheers me up. He just, he just likes to be near me. It, wherever I go, he's following me around. He's right there. He, 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 and you know there's something about this dog I have? He loves people. This dog loves people. He, he loves to love people. He just loves kissing on people, and man, he's such a good dog. Now, could you imagine if that's how we told people about, because it's the truth, but if that's what we told people about God, instead of immediately trying to get them and put them into a bondage of works right away, like the Holy Spirit will convict you about different things. And I've talked to some amazing men and women of God that the, the Spirit has led on their heart to, uh, to give up certain things. Like I know she's going on to be with the Lord, but man, she lives such a strict, holy lifestyle. I would go and see her, and she had given up two things. Uh, well, she gave up a lot more than that, but two things that were out of the ordinary. She gave up ice cream and sweet tea. I know it sounds weird. I know it sounds weird. But guess what? Every time I went to her house, what was in the fridge, and she offered me a glass of sweet tea. Every time I went over there. It wasn't something she tried to put on other people. It was something personal between her and the Lord that she chose to, as a sacrifice, she said, I'm going to, as a fast for the rest of her life, I'm going to fast this thing. And there's nothing wrong with that when it's out of a motivation of love and spirit led. But so many times with people, we just start throwing all this condemnation and all this religion of works on them. Instead, we should be telling them, man, let me tell you about my God. He, man, he loves me. 
He loves me no matter what I do. There's nothing I can do that makes him love me any more or any less. That's, he is just, it doesn't matter what other people think about me. He still loves me. They were singing a song at the conference this week. The one that loves, knows me most is the one that loves me best. How amazing is that? And not only that, no matter how hard my life is or how hard a day I'm having, he's there. And he always cheers me up. And for some reason, I don't have very many friends, but this God of mine, he just likes to be near me. Whatever I'm doing, he's right there. He wants to be part of it. He said he would never leave me or forsake me. And, and he just always cheers me up. And not only is he that way with me, he just loves people. And even people I don't like, he likes them. He likes them. He just he loves to love on people because he's just such a good God. But very rarely is that the message that people get when they come to our churches or they encounter a, a Christian people. They're not hearing the truth about God. And I know this is a little different, but I hope it's <clears throat> making you think about some things today. Maybe in your approach of what things you may have out of order uh, in your life. And since I use the comparison of being married, I wanna, I'm going to uh, kind of end with an illustration about uh, marriage in the church. Not, not our walk with the Lord. I'm talking about actually marriage and, <clears throat> and our relationship with the church. And uh, hopefully um, get you to think about some of this. And so I'll start with marriages and then I'll get to the church. So every marriage has its ups and downs. No marriage is perfect. All of us go through things that we're going to face as a couple and, uh, or as a family. And it can, be, uh, it can be trying. It can be hard at times. And unfortunately, we know what the statistics show us, that uh, many marriages don't make it. Why do they not make it? What's changed? Well, I believe it's because many of these marriages, and you can be whatever, you can, you can phrase it whatever way you want. People will say, you know, I just don't love you anymore, or uh, we've drifted apart. Uh, we just don't have that much in common anymore. We don't like the same things, you know, what, whatever it is. It, what it is, is it's a break in connection. Somewhere, somehow there's a break in connection uh, with this. And so there are a lot of couples that are out there and they're only connected by one or two things. That's all that's, all that's holding them together. Uh, they may be connected by a physical attraction. Maybe they're both just really good looking and they just, they just want to look at each other all the time. Or maybe they... Uh, Maybe it's a financial reason. Maybe they, they, it's, it benefits them both financially to stay together. Uh, and maybe it's because they have kids together. What happens when someone loses their job? What happens when the kids grow up and move out? Then you're going to have problems. And there starts to be a break in connection. And that's why you see these things happening in people's lives. Uh, that's not a healthy relationship when you're only connected by one or two things. It's supposed to be so much more. That's why we're trying to build relationship with the Lord and not just follow a bunch of do's and don'ts trying to keep commandments to know Him. We want to get to know Him so we keep His commandments. We want to be connected uh, to Him. And so, in fact, when you have a relationship like that, and if you do, it's okay. You just need to work on being connected more. But if you have a relationship like that, it's not healthy and it's out of order. And so here's what a strong marriage relationship should be like. There should be a lot more connections. You should love one another. You should share a love for God. 
There should be a physical attraction. You should be partners in your finances. You should be partners in your future. You should be building a life together, raising a family together, building a legacy together. You should share in belief systems, enjoy each other's company, share your goals, celebrate success together, celebrate achievements together. Each person put the other first. Let me say that one again. Each person put the other one first. Communicate with each other and partner in solving life's problems. Now, when you have that kind of connection, if some one little thing breaks loose or one little thing changes in the relationship, you're going to make it. You're going to be okay. You're going to get through it. It's the same way with the church. You see the same thing with people. The stories that I told you about my grandpa, all of those people stayed at the church. They didn't leave. They didn't jump to another church and talk bad about him or bad about the people at the church, whoever, whoever it is that upset them. It doesn't really matter. And see, today people will leave churches, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't know of anybody thinking about leaving the church. I'm not talking to anybody in particular because sometimes you do have to leave. I wouldn't want anybody to suffer through having to stay somewhere where they're not comfortable or they're not happy. Or it's not, that's not what this is about. I've left churches before. It's not, I'm, I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. But it seems like today you have people leaving over the tiniest things, small issues. Why? I believe the reason is the tiniest things will make you leave if the connection is not what it should be. It doesn't take much to get disconnected if you're not connected the way that you should be. See, these aren't bad things. It's not bad, uh, uh, but they're, when whatever reason you're connected to a church if you don't have a strong connection, it doesn't mean that why you're there is a bad reason. It just means it's not enough to keep you connected during those hard times. See, there are a lot of people that go to church just because it's the closest one to their house. That's not a bad reason. Save on gas. Be part of what the church is doing in the community. Great. Some people go to church just because they like the singing. I mean, I don't want to go to a church where I don't like the singing. So that, there's nothing wrong with that. Some people go just because they like the preacher. They like the message. There's nothing wrong with that. I like the preacher here too. <laughs> but some, some go just because their family goes to that church or their friends go to that church. There's nothing wrong with that, especially if you, uh, uh, when things happen, you got people there that you already know and are connected to and you can get the word out. That's great. None of these are bad. But one connection will not hold you in the tough times. It's just not going to do it. And so here's good reasons to go to a church, any church. A love for God. Feel like God wants you there. You enjoy the worship. You are being fed. Your family is being fed. You're being challenged. You're growing spiritually. You have an increased hunger for more. That's one of the keys that you're being fed is you are hungry for more. If you're never hungry for more and... and uh, um, they said that this this week too. But if you're in the physical, when you're hungry and you eat, you get full. But in the spiritual, when you're hungry and you eat, you get more hungry. You keep getting hungry. So you should have an increased hunger for more. Getting closer to God and getting to know Him more. Realizing who you are in Christ. Realizing all of what Christ has done for you. Realizing what you have in Christ. You feel God's presence in the building. You're being encouraged and being corrected you feel part of something bigger than yourself. Now, if you're connected to a church like that or a body of believers, 
one person not shaking your hand or one person saying something that they probably shouldn't have said to you. It was wrong. They shouldn't have said it. But it shouldn't make you quit the church either. You should have a strong enough connection to forgive that person and try to move on. Say, I want to see all of God's children in order and connected like never before, connected in their uh, personal relationships, connected to their relationship with Jesus, and connected to their, in their relationship with the church. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. There's a key word in that verse. It's might. That word might tells us that it's possible, but it also tells us it's not definite. It's up to us to go after it. It's up to us to go after the abundant life that Jesus has provided for us. We need to stop being out of order and stay connected and live that abundant life every day of our lives that He's made available. It's available, but there's a might there. Are we going to keep things in order the way that we should so that, so that we can experience it? And so, I'm going to find this for you. I'm going to share with you, I'm done by the way, but I want to share with you one thing that, so talking about things being out of order, this was really weird while uh, we were there this week. Nobody was talking about anything. I was just sitting there and this is just for me. It doesn't have to be for you. You can continue to be mad about something if you want to. This was just for me. Um, I had this weird thought come to my mind and so I actually I looked up some stuff and uh, wrote it down. And uh, no one's talking about it. It just pops in my head. And so I don't know how you feel about it, but I have not been very happy about them renaming Fort Bragg. Okay? I'll just be honest. And the reason I wasn't very happy about it, and th so this thought came to me. I'm sitting there, and it said, why do you have a problem with the new name for Fort Bragg? I don't know why I had that thought. I don't know... I mean, I really wish the Lord would have chosen to talk to me about something more spiritual when I was at a conference, but he didn't. And uh, I start thinking about it. And I'm thinking about, well, I, I know exactly why I'm not happy about it, because it is nothing more than a political ploy to cause more division and arguing and fighting over, and not to mention all the money they're going to spend, changing all the signs, changing everything around. And uh, it's just another thing that's happening. It seems like it's one thing after another that's just trying to get people to argue on which side they're on about what they think about something. And uh, I'm like, it's, and I'm thinking, it's been, Lord, it's been Fort Bragg all these years. And I've even said, said, told people, I will not call it Fort Liberty. I'm going to call it Fort Bragg because that's what it's always been to me. And so I'm sitting here thinking this. And I'm, I don't really remember who was talking. I had tuned them out and started having this thought. Of, I don't know why. And the, again, this is for me. This isn't for you. If you want to keep calling it Fort Bragg, that is fine. I, you're not going to offend me at all. But the Lord kind of laid this thought in my heart. I'm not going to say the Lord spoke to me, but this thought came to me. And it was, do you not think that the Lord can use somebody's agenda to cause problems and bring about something good? And then I had the thought, said, what are you saying when you call the place Fort Bragg? I don't know. Nothing, I guess. And then the thought came, well, what would you be declaring if you started saying Fort Liberty? Have you ever thought that maybe when you start, if you quit being stubborn 
and wanting your own way and start, even though it probably was meant for some kind of political turmoil to cause issues and all that, I still believe that. I'm not a conspiracy theorist all the way, but I'm leaning that way. Uh, it, I still believe that that's why they did it, whoever they is, whoever the powers that be are. But I felt like the, like the Lord was impressing upon me, every time you say the name, you'll be declaring liberty over the area in which you live. Why would that be a bad thing? And I kind of thought to myself, it wouldn't be a bad thing, but I just want to call it Fort Bragg because that's what I want to do. So I figured I needed a little more convincing. So I, I looked up, was it General Braxton Bragg? I think it was General. I looked it up. And I looked up some of his, um, his legacy of what people thought about him with his reputation. Not what he did in the military, but just his reputation with people. And here's what it said. Um, he had a sour disposition, a penchant for blaming others, poor interpersonal skills. And it also said that he had a quick temper, a general irritability, and a reluctance to praise or flatter others, and that he wounded many innocent men with the comments he made during his frequent fits of anger. And I thought for a second, does that sound like something I want to declare over the area that I live? And I started thinking about some of the, you know, I like Fort Bragg. I like the area around here, but the people that don't like it, some of the stuff I've heard them say about the area sounds just like this. Man, I don't like Fayetteville. The people there are... And you can pick one of these phrases, and that's what they'll say about, about the area that we live. And so I started to think that I probably still will call it Fort Bragg from time to time because I'm just so used to it. But I'm not going to deliberately not call it Fort Liberty, Liberty because the Bible tells us where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So why wouldn't I want to declare liberty over the place? Why wouldn't I want to invite the presence of the Holy Spirit in the place where I live? And see, sometimes, and again, if you disagree with that, that is perfectly fine. You can still call it any way you want. It's not, it's not to try and get anybody to think like me. I want you to think for yourself. I don't want to turn people into errand robots. This would be a crazy place if we did. But sometimes we just get good intentions, but when we get things out of order, it's amazing what it can lead to. And it's amazing what it can keep you from. I want to walk in liberty. I want to walk in freedom to be a blessing every place that I go and be the hands and feet of Christ. I don't want to let just my uh, preferences or even prejudices, whatever way you want to phrase it, and what I think something should be or the way something should look or the way something should go to cause me to miss God. Even if, when it comes to the way I do church or don't do church. And, and I, I don't want to ever just get where I'm going through the motions and I forget to declare the liberty of the Lord. And so people can, it's all about people being set free. And how many times in our churches have we taken on that sour disposition? Or there have been words flying instead of encouraging and lifting people up, they were wounding people like Mr. Bragg here. I don't want to be known for that. And just go to the internet. It's his, it's his lasting reputation, what they said about him. Written books about him being a, a sour grouch. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people in the church, that's what the book would, their book would say about them too. I don't want that to be for any of us. 
If I've got something out of order, I want to get it in order. I want to get it right. I want to make sure that everywhere I go that people see the real representation of the Father and not something that's me uh, getting in the way. And so we just declare today, God, that we're going to go after you like never before. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, on your terms and not ours. Lord, I just ask for a special anointing upon each person in this place to be a witness like never before. God, to tell of the good news of Jesus, the good news of your love and your grace and your mercy, God. We pray that we will be, begin to be difference makers in people's lives everywhere that we go. Lord, that atmospheres will be shifted when we enter the room, but God, because we carry your presence. And Lord, we can just get self out of the way. God, help us to pursue you with a hunger like never before, God, knowing that if we seek you, we will find you, God, because you're just that good. And Lord, I just pray blessing over every person here today, every family represented, God. And we just release peace and favor, and we give you all the honor and glory for it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are so happy that you joined us today. If you are interested in learning about or giving to this ministry, you can find more information at saponaroadchurch.com. If you are local to the Fayetteville, North Carolina area, our meeting times are 1045 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7 o'clock p.m. Wednesdays for our connect groups. From all of us here at Sapona Road Church, we hope that you have a great day as you walk in the Lord's favor and blessing.